We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Y'all, you should really be used to this. (laughs) (laughs) They did not like that at all. That was really funny. Yeah, you barely blew it. That's what she said. Welcome to the Holy Hour. I'm Amelia Sanson. And I'm Liz Ball. And I'm drinking champagne straight out of the bottle today. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, we're recording on a Sunday. And it's been a fucking day. Yeah. It's been a long... Uh, a long life. Yeah. <laughs> a long lifetime. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few lifetimes. Whoa. Who, who's to say? You and I have traveled a few lifetimes together. It feels like this lifetime has been at least 30 lifetimes. God, Gramps, I feel like Gramps is trying so to tell naughty. us something. It's being so naughty today. <laughs> um, yesterday, Amelia and I had a date night. We did. That we, was so fun. We went and saw Nikki Glazer. She's and, a queen. Uh, the weirdest thing happened while we were there. Please tell the story. Um, <laughs> we were like just sitting, watching Nikki uh, tell her jokes. And then there was like this guy in front of us. It was like a man and a woman sitting next to each other, kind of like on the end of the row in front of us. And like the woman had like gone up or something. Maybe she was getting a drink. I don't know. And the guy turns around and he like takes he starts taking a picture of us. And the flash was like Like the because it was dark, obviously. And then the flash was I thought like maybe someone was like shining a flashlight so someone could get to their seat or something. Because it was on. The flash was on for a while. So it's not like he was like, oops. Oh, sorry. He was like super shameless about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone like looked at him like, what the fuck is going on? And then he was like, and then it was obvious it was like a picture. And then we're like looking around like, who the fuck is he taking a picture of? And then he's staring directly at me and Amelia. And we're like looking around. And then this woman behind us, she leans forward and she's like, do you guys know that guy? And we're like, no. And she's like, okay, so no one knows him. Like, we're all like, what the fuck? And then Amelia and I obviously being so nosy are like, 
watching over him the whole time. <laughs> I, we missed at least like 10 minutes of Nikki's set. It was so distracting. He was like sending the photo to like Yeah, he like zoomed people. in and cropped it and then he started sending it to people and was like texting the rest of the show yeah. and then like left early. It was real weird. It was so bizarre. It was very strange. I told my friends that today when they came over for brunch this morning and they were like, I mean, was he like sex trafficking? And I was like, I mean, he was with a woman and they were like, that's what they do. But he seemed like such like a dweeb that like, I don't, but who knows? Like, who knows? Would he why be else that would he egregious been, about it? Why else? Who, I can't think of another reason. Like, I couldn't think of a reason before they said that. And if I'm like, he tried to speak to me after the show, I would punch him in the dick and be like, why the fuck did you take a picture of us? It's really good that we went to a restaurant for like a few hours after because like yeah. he could have been waiting outside and followed us back to work. Like, we don't know. The, we because, don't, this shit happens all the time. Good thing we were like going back and forth because we couldn't figure out what place to go to. <laughs> Okay, this this restaurant stopped seating so at nine, and we got there at eight fifty five. I'm ready. And she like Yelp might review. as well have just given us the middle finger. Yeah, she's she was like, like no. no. <laughs> like, so we went to a better place. We made friends with our waitress. Yeah, her name's Abby. Shout out to Abby. We love you, Abby. <laughs> Abby gave us uh, we, since we were waiting for a while. She gave us some free champagne. So maybe that's what got me in the mood. Today. Can't complain about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had great drinks. They really did. That was fun. Yeah, I'm glad that we did yeah. that. But despite the like weird guy taking a picture of us, yeah, that was that is that's very alarming. Yeah, because now you're reminding me of like stories I've heard of like sex traffickers like taking a picture of mm-hmm. a woman and then like, and then you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And he was like showing the woman next to him like the photo after when she got back to her seat. Yeah. I don't know. It's very strange. I think I'm going to write the theater though because there was a guy next to us too that was audio recording the entire show. Maybe he was also a part of the sex trafficking. Maybe he was there alone. bootlegging Nikki's show. It's pretty fucked. Um, My friend that went Mm -hmm. with the guy from Fuckboy Island. I saw that. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? They went to the show after us, but I was Mm -hmm. like, and I asked him about it. I was like, I'm so jealous. I wish I got to meet her. And he was like, she's super sweet. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like he was just trying to flex. It worked. Eh. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we had a good time anyway. We I'm, had really I'm, good ma- I'm manifesting that one day we will just meet Nikki Glazer and tell her how we almost got sex trafficked at her show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tagged her in my story. Um, we were gifted the tickets by somebody that listens, so mm-hmm. I'm sure you're listening now. So thank yeah. you so much. We had such a good time. Mm-hmm. Besides that little instance, we had such a good time. Yeah, um, I was thinking specifically about one of the things that she said about like the um, how people interpret a sense of humor. Please so, share this. Um, and I like I knew exactly where she was going with this because I've actually read an article about this. Mm-hmm. So, um. Both men and women say what they value in another partner. One of the, I think it's like the top two things is a sense of humor. And what a sense of humor means to women is like someone who makes them laugh, like is clever and funny. And then for men, a sense of humor is someone who laughs at their jokes. (laughs) That is so different. Yeah. And I, but also it makes so much sense where like, on dating apps, guys are like, I'm looking for a girl with a sense of humor. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're looking for someone who laughs at your jokes. Yeah. Because uh, 
I don't know. <laughs> like, that's just, that's like what they mean when they say mm-hmm. it. Like, yeah, uh, uh, you just don't have a sense of humor or like, I have a dark sense of humor. And it's the same guys. Like, no, you're just a dick. There are so many guys who have, um, sign of a great relationship, like roasting each other. And it's like, no, you just, because you for sure can't take any sort of criticism. No. So like, you just want somebody that is okay with you being mean and won't like, Take it the wrong way. They'll that think is- it's funny if, when you're abusive. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking funny. You're so, you're so hilarious. Wow, you're, you're a crack up. But I knew exactly where she was going with that. And I, so the article I had read was just about how like men find funny women or women who are funnier than them less attractive because a sense of humor um, means that you are smart like you're clever, you're you're paying attention, you're witty, and um, it's in, it makes them feel inferior. Mm-hmm. They want to be the smart one mm-hmm. in the relationship, and if you are funnier than them, then they feel like you're smarter than them too. Do you feel like have you dated any guys that are that you feel like isn't are intimidated by your personality? Like because you're so outgoing and you can like command a room. Has there any? Have there been any people? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I think that the firefighter specifically was very intimidated by like just how I don't know how like outgoing I am and like I do like to entertain people, mm-hmm. but also like I'm very like well-worded I guess especially in a relationship if I'm trying to like problem solve yeah that's not to say I've been like that in every relationship like I'm aware of my faults but um I would say him for sure and then I sometimes think that shoe man was jealous of that That aspect of me um but I also liked his friends more than I liked him um but sometimes he would like act like ashamed of me and try to make me feel bad like when I was just being myself but I don't feel that way with Mr. Liz at all. Good. I feel like I like I would want um, like I know if I if one of my partners was like entertaining a room and like the life of the party, I would be like starry eyed. I'd be like, oh, my, oh God. my gosh, this is so attractive. And like right. I love him. and He's making this room of people laugh. Amelia's dying because Gatsby just climbed in her lap. I'm the chosen one. But I would want um, my partner to feel the same. Like if I'm making everyone in a room laugh and like being cute and funny, I want him to be like, that's my fucking girl. Hell yeah. You know? Yeah. I think I've probably said that. Amelia, enough with the hands, Italian. (laughs) I've probably said this a million times before, but like my number one litmus test for it for a guy is somebody that can work a room like I think that it is so attractive when you can just like let someone loose at a party and not have to worry about it and I hadn't thought about how that must be for a the guy on the other end of that like if I just like go off and because I've never dated anybody that I feel like is intimidated by like me working a room but I've also when I was with my ex I wasn't that way like when we were together I was when we were with his friends, I was really clammed up because they made me really nervous. Mm-hmm. I was really uncomfortable around them. So, like, he never really had to, like, deal with that with me. And then since then, I haven't really dated anybody that, like, I've, like, brought around people except for Squints. Mm-hmm. And he's such... A oh, sh- my God. He's such an animated he, character. He can absolutely hold his own. Right, right. <laughs> so, it's like... And he is happy that I can do the same. So mm-hmm. I haven't had the experience of dating somebody that I f- that like would be intimidated, 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it makes so much sense. All right. Should we should we dive into a topic? Yeah. Um, Liz's list. So I'm holding up my book. I'm like, I'm going to read poetry to Amelia. Yeah. I'm so ready. Um, so I had, uh, are you okay? <laughs> Do you bonk yourself? You're a fucking mess. Yeah, I did. Oh, well, I can just rant and you can drink. That sounds like a good combination. I fucking love that idea. But I um, blurted this rant out to Amelia yesterday and I mm. like kept forgetting to talk about it. So I'm glad that I wrote it down after we talked about it yesterday. Yes. Um, so Twitter has like these, um, it's not like the stories, but if like someone's like live, it's like a live podcast that you can join in on basically. Like you know I what I mean? Announce that feature. I just started getting notifications for I it. I can't even remember what it's called. It's like is talking now. Like, that's how they give you the oh, notification. Yeah, blah, 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 is talking now. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you just join in, and you can see, like, usually, like, they'll just already have you on mute, and you can see everyone who's in it, and then, like, who's hosting it. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like a WebEx. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> the episode is sponsored by WebEx. No. <laughs> yeah. Fuck WebEx. Fuck WebEx. If you Hit use for business. <laughs> <laughs> teams. Teams. Slack. I'm Team Teams. Slack. Do love Slack. So into um, Slack. I also, I really like Google, actually. I think I prefer Google. Google Hangouts? Yeah. Or, well, Google just Meet. like they changed it. It used to be called like G Suite. Now it's called like Google something. <sighs> These cats, man. <laughs> Anyways, um, I a few weeks ago, I was just like, well, what the fuck is this? And I like joined one to go make fun of it. And then it actually ended up being the coolest thing ever. Um, and it was like hosted by BuzzFeed. And the two jur- journalists who were um, like kind of running it are uh andrea moore and jamie spain both are from buzzfeed i'm following them on twitter now because i joined this thing and they were like hosting it anyways they broke down like some of the most interesting aspects of miley cyrus's career and like some of the stuff they were saying was like blowing my mind but i was like how come i've also never thought of this but i like i've also just been thinking about it so much today um So they started with her early career as Hannah Montana, and she was cast as Hannah Montana when she was 11. And um, Miley, like all of us, kind of grew up watching Britney Spears and watching her be America's sweetheart and be just like, you know, everyone's like idol. And um, she, I don't know, she lived her life like on stage essentially her for most of her life because she was also in she was a mouseketeer mm-hmm. and then became like the world's biggest pop star mm-hmm. so we all also watched britney spears like not like downfall but like her Get mental break to yes, too. just the media turning against her constantly it's justin timberlake that's a story for another time mm-hmm. <laughs> so um they just kind of are like commentating on how like Miley was uh Miley and the Jonas brothers were like forced to take a stance on their sexuality at a young age by being like we're going to declare that we have these purity rings so we're taking a, a stance on sex as children and people are like obsessing over it like grown adults are obsessing over the sexuality of teenagers who are going through puberty and that's so fucking it's creepy disgusting. and weird it's very very creepy yeah and i remember like not even even when I I was the same age, you know, when they were doing this and I wasn't like, I wasn't like, I want a purity ring too. 
I was just like, no, okay. Like I was not paying attention. I did not care. And I also didn't realize how creepy it was because we were that age. Yeah, and now that exactly. I'm older, I'm like, can you imagine people talking about like, I don't know, who's like a child star these days? Do they even have, fucking have child stars? Um, well, like Millie Bobby Brown. People are fucking weird about Millie Bobby Brown. Like, can you imagine them talking openly she's about her legitimate her, child, her virginity, like when she was 11? Like when she, like yeah. when she's playing 11? Hey, what's your uh, stance on like when you're going to have sex? Child? Yeah. Underaged person? I don't want any children talking to me about what they think about sex ever. It is. I'll be like, very, okay, let's. Very strange. How about you make a decision and you don't have to share it with anyone if you don't want to when uh, it feels right for you. I just feel <laughs> I like know. adults loved it for I'm sure like creepy reasons. I'm certain of it, but then also because it's like, oh, good. Like now my kids will see that they sh- yeah, also they're, shouldn't they're, have sex. A role model. Don't let celebrities parent your children like, yeah first of all don't let celebrities parent your children and i understand like they're going to be like sponges when they're watching like shows but like the jonas brothers also did not need to talk about their virginity like yeah. i wouldn't have been like i wonder if they're virgins at that age well and that's also very different for like young boys versus girls do you think young boys i don't think like they get near i remember what as a young kid watching like some interview it was like, um, I don't know, it was about Britney Spears and they were like, yeah. And then this guy asked Britney Spears if she was a virgin and she was 17 and she just sat there like a deer in headlights. She was like, what the fuck? Basically. And she's like, um, I think she ended up being like, I'm not answering that question. I saw like, that interview. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I also didn't know what a virgin was. I was like, what does this mean? That's the thing. It's like, it puts it more into the light than it needs to be. And I yeah. know those conversations start happening younger for like different ages, different genders, different parts of the country, you know? But, but like, I also was thinking how my parents also obsessed over like my sexuality as a young person. For like, your safety or what? Just trying to shelter me from knowing anything about it, which is so much more harmful. Right. Like counterproductive in a lot of ways. Um, I have a like I've been continuing to read um Come As You Are finally <laughs> picked it back up, but I wanted to read something from it Ooh. that I was like, holy shit. The author Emily Nagowski like makes like there are three different messages that young girls receive um about sex and like their sexuality and there is like the moral med- the moral message the medical message and the media message and i'm going to read the moral message and the media message cuz the medical message is kind of boring but um the moral message is you are damaged goods if you want or like sex you are a slut your virginity is your most valuable asset if you've had too many partners too many equals more than your male partner has had you should be ashamed there is only one right way to behave and one right way to feel about sex not to feel anything about it at all but to accommodate the man to whom your body belongs sex is not part of what makes a woman lovable it can only be part of what makes a woman unlovable it may make her it may make her desirable and many women try to be desirable but only as a lesser alternative to being lovable if you are sexually desirable, you are, by def- definition, unlovable and a slut. <laughs> like, that's the moral message we receive from a young age. And she does make the point, she's like, not a lot of people, like, buy into this, but that doesn't mean that we're not, like, be- having these messages shoved in our face. I mean, yeah, that sounds very familiar. And, yeah. that, and that was all what I, that was all from the media mm-hmm. that I was getting it from. Um, and then this is the media message. You are inadequate. <laughs> 
spanking, food play, menage a trois, you've done all those things, right? Well, you've at least had clitoral orgasms, vaginal orgasms, uterine orgasms, energy orgasms, extended orgasms, and multiple orgasms, and you've mastered at least 35 different positions for intercourse. If you haven't tried all of these things, you're frigid. If you've had too few partners, don't watch porn, and don't have a collection of vibrators in your bedside table, you're a prude. Also, you're too fat and too thin. Your breasts are too big and too small. Your body is wrong. If you're not trying to change it, you're lazy. If you're satisfied with yourself as you are, you're settling. And if you dare, act, if you dare to actively like yourself, you're a conceited bitch. In short, you are doing it wrong. Do it differently. No, that's wrong too. Try something else forever. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I just fully like astral projected while you were reading that. I was like <laughs> having flashbacks. Left my body for a second. You're yes. like living as your childhood self. There's like the just, butterfly effect. There's no. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Oh, my nose happening. starts bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> there's just no way to do to be right. No. It, you're, it's a catch 22 growing up in this society as a woman i know that men face Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of stuff we haven't experienced that we're not saying that y'all haven't experienced anything but growing up as a as a girl like that was constant i went through being you know like heavier to having an eating disorder pretty quickly to then gaining weight again and every stage of that was like oh like shouldn't you be worrying about how you look from like friends of mine to then like losing a bunch of weight and people being like you look ill I'm like am I ever going to be what people want me to be Mm -hmm. ever like probably not and then like this next round when I was going through like all this anxiety and lost all this weight and like I dropped like 20 pounds and I was like you could see my bones and that was from anxiety not from an eating disorder I started getting all of these compliments about how good I looked and I'm like I feel Thanks. It's because I feel like shit. Yeah. Like I am sick right now. And then when I gained all the weight back and I stopped getting the compliments, I was like, I wish I was still sick. Like that was my thought. Mm. I know. Cause it's like, cause the eating disorder brain is like, you get the compliments when you are tiny, tiny, regardless of what that means. And that's sad. So I'm either getting no compliments no matter how I look or I'm getting compliments when I'm feeling my absolute worst Mm -hmm. and that kind of like narrative being fed to you all the time of like you better gain weight you better be skinnier oh you you feel like shit well at least you look good like Mm -hmm. it's just there's never a positive message attached to really anything that we get and then people tell you like don't compliment a woman on looking good because you don't know what she's going through like there's just so much shit that we have to navigate and a lot of it comes down to how sex is messaged too like I when I got to the age where people around me were having sex and talking about it and I I hadn't lost my virginity yet I was so I was like mind blown by these girls around me that had lost their virginity I was like so jealous and I was still seeing so many people being like oh my god she's such a slut so then there's two ends of the spectrum where you have no experience and you feel like you feel ashamed of that Mm -hmm. because people are like oh she's a prude like no one wants to fuck her or Mm -hmm. something and then on the opposite spectrum is a girl who's had sex once for the first time in her life with maybe like her long-term partner and she's a slut and yeah, he's and getting high five. Yeah, she's a slut for having sex. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. Uh, we Like, this isn't, like, news to anyone, but it still does not make it 
make like that experience invalid you know we like I think things are more progressive now but that doesn't mean they're like great I There's, also that still stands well when we were watching Nikki Glazer yesterday when she was like talking about like how girls try to make like other hot girls like look less attractive so mm-hmm. like that she has a better shot and she's like we all do it and I was like I actually can't think of a time where I've done that but I had started reading a book about like um, it's called Odd Girl Out and it's about the aggression in women mm-hmm. and like Nikki only like brushed the surface of of it of like um, aggression in young girls like men just think that we're catty and accept that mm-hmm. they're like oh girls are just mean to each other but that's not true no it's like not true at all it's because like we live in a patriarchal system yeah yeah (laughs) we're victims to it and like every like I think um aggression makes sense in kind of like a long-term aspect if you think about how women were allowed to work Mm -hmm. and they had to run the household like they had to marry a man to survive so it's a survival instinct at some point but then you know I think like we're all we're all we're so much smarter than past generations that we have the ability to be aware of these like thoughts and feelings and yeah. be like, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take this apart and like actually like think about like the logistics of this. Yeah. But um, I also think that's just like an old ass idea. Like when girls are like catty with each other, it just doesn't make sense to me. I I don't know when people are when anyone's passive aggressive. I'm just like. Oh, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. That's I know. so exhausting. I know. I, ha- I don't have time. No, I don't have time to be mad about this. I don't have time to give a fuck about you or like why you're going to be bitchy about this. Like mm-hmm. you go work on your own thing and I'm going to ignore you <laughs> right. forever. But that's even like I feel like women being like how Nikki Glazer was talking about trying to make like her friend look uglier so she has like a better chance. Um, like that is the result of how society treats women. Like we're always, there's, there's so little room at the top because we like, we just now have a woman in the white house Mm -hmm. (laughs) as vice president. And like the fact that that was so like, Oh my God, we have a female vice president, which is amazing. That is actually amazing. And it's sad that it's amazing because like, we should, mm-hmm. you know, but there's so little room at the top and we are conditioned to like compete with each other because of that. And also on top of that, I'm sure we've talked about this on a past episode, the history of the word gossip and like why it was. Yeah, we did talk about this. It's an issue that was created by the patriarchy. Yeah, they like there were like contraptions so women wouldn't talk because men didn't like that women knew more about their surroundings on them and it was also part of like the witch trials whenever Mm -hmm. women were groups of women were getting together to talk they were considered like scary because like they were maybe talking about something like witchy and (laughs) they're like that's how gossip started yeah a woman might be smart and have friends Mm -hmm. she's Um, a witch <laughs> I want to continue my Miley rant. Go on. Yeah, we really went off yeah. on a tangent. There. But it it was still it's still valuable and important to everything that we're saying. Yeah, the totally. tangent was. And I also so. think it was when I first started hearing about all this stuff, it was like very comforting to me. I'm like, oh, like it's not just me that's feeling this way. Mm-hmm. Go on. Um and where are we in the Miley in Miley's career? About, um, yeah. So as Hannah Montana, mm-hmm. she's like quoted at an interview where they're like talking about her outfit and how conservative it is. And like, 
they're like commentating on that and then she's like I always say modest is hottest so she's like doubling down on this image because she has seen what the media has done to Britney Spears and Miley is already becoming like you know the next Disney sweetheart as Hannah Montana and um then like fast forward to like when she came out with can't be tamed oh you know what I missed a part um when she did the photo shoot with Annie Leibovitz oh my god and she is like I think she was like 14 or 15 and she had like a sheet and she's like curled up and um it's a beautiful photo yeah there's nothing sexual about it and um they interviewed her about it and um they asked were you nervous and that's a weird question to ask like were you nervous for this photo shoot like why should she be nervous yeah like so the from the beginning they were going to make this article a negative take on her photo shoot with Annie Leibovitz Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) then so that's exactly what they did they spun it as like a negative thing of like Miley's like slutty photo shoot and and, um like it's somehow her taking a stance on like being a sexual person and um people lost their shit on this this young girl Mm -hmm. and um they made her apologize but like they're making this child take ownership over a bunch of other adults decisions Mm -hmm. like she was she's a child and there were a bunch of adults in that room making the decision about her photo shoot and then they come out with this negative article and make her apologize for it yeah she has to take responsibility yeah yeah um and then when she came out with the can't be tamed music video she's in a bird costume and there's like a cage and it's just kind of like black and moody and like Nothing, none of the lyrics are sexual. The music video isn't sexual. She's just saying she can't be tamed. And like, that could be about anything. Like, um, not like, oh, I can't be tamed in the bedroom. Like, like I can't be tamed by like the media. I, you can't, you can't tame me. I'm, I'm a teenage girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm making this like punk rock song. (laughs) You know, we've all had a rebellious phase. So it's just more of like a song of rebellion in my eyes. But it's um, great. People are like, I don't want my, like, young girl to see this. Like, she's not wearing anything inappropriate. She's not, like, doing anything appropriate or singing inappropriately. If people think that they can control what their kids are seeing, mm -hmm. they are so misinformed. The second they go to school and just, like, you know, go to a friend's house, they're exposed to everything that those kids are also exposed to. Yeah, you should be more worried about what your kid's friend's parents are doing and what they're like. Right, <laughs> maybe talk to them. Yeah, try to control that. You have a better chance of controlling them than controlling Miley Cyrus. Also, there, like, this is a huge point that um, Emily Nagowski makes in Come As You Are, is, like, we, we set up girls to be sexually dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We give them so many messaging, so much messaging around shame with sex. And then when they turn 18, they're supposed to like know everything and like know how to have an orgasm and like be these like sexual mavens. Like that's not like that's not possible. And I just think it's really fucking weird that we try to shield people from like having a healthy understanding and perception perception of sex yeah anyways so um 
just like Miley Cyrus is just being like constantly scrutinized for her sexuality as a young person going through puberty. Like having grown adults commentate on the sexuality of children is disgusting. Yeah, it's very strange. So then she enters her bangers phase and every choice she made in her bangers phase, she like did it on purpose. It was... She, she, like, knew no matter what she did, people were going to be unhappy with her. Mm-hmm. So in her bangers phase, like, we all remember the VMA performance. And then she they were, like, that like you know, they're, like, she's, like, grinding up on Robin Thicke. But he's, like, doing a bunch of inappropriate shit, too. Like, no one is, like, they're all commentating on her. But no one's commentating on Robin Thicke. Who is an act- who's a predator. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... Then she's like also quoted in another interview where they're like trying to like get at her about it. And then she's like, you don't think I don't know what I'm doing? Yeah. Like, of course I know what I'm doing. I'm shocking you. Mm-hmm. And like the purpose of that is like if she's if she's making these decisions, she knows what she's in control of the narrative. She knows what's going to come out about her the next day Yeah, because she chose to be shocking. So she's like. She's like, this. it doesn't matter if this is who I really am. Yeah. Like, what matters is, like, I can, she can now have some control over, like, what is said about her and, like, what she's keeping private because she's doing these shocking things on stage. Yeah. But, yeah. um, I don't know. Miley Cyrus is really fucking cool. Yeah, she And is. I did listen to her on the episode of Call Her Daddy. That's probably, like, the only episode I've listened to, <laughs> um, especially all the way through, but... Like, her just ta- opening up and talking about her experiences with sex, like, mm-hmm. is very, like, interesting. And, like, it's just insane to see how people have treated her over the years because of just, like, her going through puberty like the rest of us. Yeah. And it made me think a lot more about how obsessed with teen sexuality people are. I can you I didn't think about this until right now. Can you imagine how that whole thing must have felt for her parents? Like being the people that are parenting her and having an entire country trying to parent her and tell her what to do and what decisions to make and how to be. And like I'm sure that they were, you know, nobody's a perfect parent. I'm sure that they were at fault for like a lot of stuff. But like at the same time, I can't imagine having my child be in the public eye. And having all of these adults like really caring about how she's managing herself mm-hmm. when it's my responsibility to be her parent. Like that would have, I can't imagine. Like, well, your child is supposed to be my child's role model. So like, she's not well, okay, to be that. Yeah. And if you don't like it, go find a new one. Mm-hmm. There are so many for you to choose from. Like I'm mad about that. Like pick a new thing to be mad about. Mm-hmm. There are so many other worse things happening. Yeah. I mean, I watched, we talked about this last night too. I watched the Demi Lovato documentary Mm -hmm. and a lot of that was about how Demi got into this industry because they wanted to entertain and they loved singing and they loved acting and just a byproduct of that was being a role model. And they never asked to be anybody's role model. They were always dealing with their own shit. Demi was doing cocaine at like 15, something nuts like that. Because, like, I mean, addiction is a disease, and it ran mm-hmm. in Debbie's family, and they were handed this role of being a role model. Nobody, they didn't ask for that. Yeah, like, no one no one asks for your consent in that circumstance. Right. Like, 
Uh, right. It's, it, to, to just have a job and do what somebody wants to do with their life, they have to then they're expected to do everything perfectly as a result. That's not how it's supposed to work. Parent your child. And we're neither of us are parents. I feel like it's so much easier said than done. But like, if you think that Miley Cyrus is going to have a bigger effect on your child than like the rest you, of their yeah, picture of their so life, true. that's sad. You don't trust your child enough. You don't trust your parenting enough. Like there shouldn't be that fear of like this person grinding on Robin Thicke at the VMAs, like having such a profound effect on your child's life. No, we're constantly pumped with all of this shit from the media, be it commercials, um, magazines that don't even have, they're not even for children. I remember looking at 17 magazine when I was like 12 and being like, I need to look like this person. And nobody told me to feel that way. Like you trying to shelter your child from like the public and like this person grinding on Robin Thicke at the VMAs is like a moot effort. Like it doesn't matter because they're going to get that from someone else. And you're just like ruining this person's life trying to police how they're being because your kid might see it as fucking bananas to me. Mm -hmm. It drives me insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and then wouldn't you want your child to have like a healthy and happy sex life yes, once 100%. they're adults? Yes. Like, but I don't know. Instilling this like idea of shame and fear is just going to be traumatic later on. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I like you send your kid out into the world to date whoever and you just want that per- like we're all raised with like the same like fucked up ideas about sex and sexuality and we're all trying to figure it out while our brain's still developing <sighs> yeah I'm getting sad anyways I know it's fucking ridiculous that was my Miley rant especially inspired by what I've been reading um right before Amelia got over or came over I was reading come as you are so that's why I especially was like top of mind mm-hmm. here it's are some other things I've been uh yeah, it's a good <laughs> taking notes of it's completely infuriating but it's a good conversation to have mm-hmm. but yeah so I'm sure a lot of you are listening and like reflecting on your own childhood experiences of grown adults obsessing over your sexuality so weird instead of just you know having like healthy conversations and understanding so fucking weird so a while ago we had asked for like what you listeners might want to hear and someone said like something about size queens and um i've never heard that phrase before. <laughs> um if you don't know what a size queen is um they're women who care about dick size um like they want a big dick <laughs> and nikki glazer had a bit about this last night and i think uh both of us stand by what she said yeah and it's if you're if you care about dick size get over it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um there are so many other things that can go inside of you yeah so if a guy that you really like doesn't just have like a big enough dick for you like get a fun toy that he can use on you she said um a dick isn't even the best kind of dick. That's yep. <laughs> so fucking true. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love, I love penises. I really, truly do. I feel like I'm one of those people that like really. People are like, oh, dicks aren't fun to look at. I think they're really fun to look at. However, their vibrators and dildos just hit different. And Nikki Glazer touched on this last night too. How like trying to like bang a hammer with your hand rather than like with your hips it's the hand the hand is always going to be more efficient yeah it's yeah. just it's just physics yeah 
So if you're a size queen, just get a toy that you like and um, don't, I wouldn't say tell your man you're a size queen, but just be like, this feels really fucking good for me. Can we play with this? Yes. Yeah. Right. I don't know. He just wants you to feel good. Yeah. I just like, I like size is not something you can control. So if someone had like meets everything else and makes you feel good about yourself and like you get along and you care about each other, then I don't think that dick size is a reason to eliminate something. Right. It's a little body shamey. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's like a little gray area. Yeah. Like what if someone was making fun of like having a roast beef, a little Arby's roast beef vagina? Mm -hmm. Who cares? You can't control it. That was the vagina you were given. Yeah. Embrace that. So another person wanted to know about like if you've never had an orgasm, like as a as someone with a vagina, what to do. And we can do like I would like us to do a little bit more research on it. But like some of the first things I think about um, are to like identify your stressors. Mm. So like more than just like surface level stressors like if you have like a history um of like sexual abuse that might be a factor in that um but also just like a lot of the other things that we think of of uh, like stuff we've talked about even today of just like your childhood how did you how how were you taught about sex how were you made to feel about it think of like um emily nagowski does a great job explaining this of like thinking of your sex life as a garden so before you're old enough to care for the garden you have like your parents and like society like planting these seeds in your garden and some of them are things that are toxic and need to be weeded out because you're too young to take care of the garden yourself. Mm -hmm. So think of the seeds that were planted by other people in your garden and what you do or do not want to keep in your garden and what new seeds you want to plant. But um, like thinking about the stressors in your life and the things that make you feel threatened, like maybe your work is really stressful or something. um, Those can also play a factor in your ability to feel aroused. Mm -hmm. And there are like two differences. There's a big difference between like, like thinking about sexual interest versus sexual pleasure. Mm. So those are two like wildly different things. Wow. Um, and I'm sure like reading come as you are or listening to it would be also helpful in figuring this out. But like I would say I don't think my advice is going to be especially like breathtaking. But, but um, after considering those factors yeah, um, to think about like – uh, just like spending like have a relaxing day and spend some time with yourself and like explore mm-hmm. and um, everyone thinks different things are like sexy or get them aroused so um, I also would wonder like if that would fall somewhere on like the asexual spectrum interesting you know I don't know uh, but asexuality is more of like a lack of interest in sex and relationships I feel like for a lot of people that I know that haven't been able to have an orgasm, um, the idea of it being like pressure, like how I can't, I gotta, fig- I gotta figure this out. And then like the yeah. pressure added on to like trying to make it happen. Whenever I am having sex and I feel like I have to, I have to come right now. Mm-hmm. I can't. Cause and I'm when putting- someone says come for me, like I yeah. think there's like a number, it's like you're 30%, it's like 30% harder or mm-hmm. something or like, because you're you're just like 
uh, right, right now. I to do it right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like, oh God, the pressure of trying to figure it out and being frustrated. But yeah, it takes a lot to like, you know, combat all of these things about like how you were raised to feel about sex and like um, hating your body and feeling frustrated and like you have to be a sexual maven and like, ugh, there's yeah. just so many things and like it should just be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I like, I don't know, just experiment and don't get mad at yourself. I say don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Cause like really there's your, there are so many, I can think of like four or five people off the top of my head, women that ha- don't think that they've had an orgasm. It's so common. doesn't make it okay. <laughs> like that sucks. Like you should be able to experience this, mm-hmm. but you're not alone in it. And it's okay that you haven't like, it's okay. And just like, it takes a lot of, for some people, it takes a lot of exploration. The first orgasm I had was an accident. <laughs> I didn't even know what the fuck was going on with Wait, my body. What? Yeah. Did you not know this? Did no, I tell you this story? I don't think so. I like when I first started going through puberty, I found, do you remember those websites that like, they were like away messages that you could use on AIM that were yeah. like, so for some reason, people started using this one website as, um, I can't believe I'm telling this story. This one website as uh, like s- showing like people having cyber sex, like people like talking back and forth. Do you ever read cyber sex logs? No. Oh my God. See, I had, <laughs> I was like very online apparently because still am. And, but it was like people walking through like what they would do to each other. And I was so fascinated by these, not even from like a sexual gratification standpoint. I was just like, whoa, like people do yeah, this, people so talk like this. Yeah. That was my first like exposure to like sex. And then I had, I talked about this on a past episode, but like the little like vibrating pillow um, that I had, that you could take out the eggs. So you could wash the pillow, the oh, egg mm-hmm. vibrating part. Um, I started, I accidentally figured out how good it felt when it was on my vagina. Like it was a complete accident. Maybe you have told me this. Okay, continue. But I, I think it must've been on like episode two if I yeah. would have. Uh, and, but then like, so I was reading these things one night and I was like kind of feeling myself like getting like turned on by it. I was and like, that, isn't 12? that so confusing? You're yeah. like, why do I feel like this? Yeah. I'm like, do, why am I... And I felt so much shame associated with it. I remember my mom walked in one day when I was reading one. I wasn't like masturbating. I was just reading one. And I felt so much shame. I was like, oh my God, the reason I'm reading it is because da 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 And she was like, okay, like relax. <laughs> it's uh, okay. But the shame associated with being turned on by anything at that age, mm-hmm. I just felt so bad. Um, but so one night I was like playing with my vibrating pillow egg. <laughs> And I had an orgasm. It was my first one. I remember it so clearly. I was like, what the fuck? It wasn't big. <laughs> like, it wasn't like a huge, but like, I had an or- I was like, what the fuck is that I needed again? And so that's when I started masturbating because I was like, this must be what the- made that happen. But I had nothing to anchor it to. <laughs> There's this episode of Pen15 where one of the girls like figures out how to masturbate <laughs> and she's like doing it like all day in her room and then her mom like walks in and she's like, it smells weird in here. <laughs> and she's like, I farted. <laughs> I need to watch that show. Everybody tells it's, me about it. You would love Pen15. everybody says. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. 
I don't have any so good. Television. I need to start. I need to put it on. I started watching TV in the shower. You this need, is a new thing for me. Oh, uh, Amelia, you need to do less things. <laughs> you need to spend more time with yourself. I agree. Yeah. Say agree. no more. When you text me and you're like, oh, sorry, I was reading. I lost track of time. I was like, I would love that. <laughs> Liz is reading? That's what people do. That sounds so great. <sighs> to be fair, I haven't read in like quite a while. You're also <laughs> very, very busy, but you're better at putting boundaries up than I am. I just don't have as much of a like tolerance for socializing as you do. Mm. Like you're always doing stuff with other people. Mm -hmm. I'm usually with Mr. Liz or you. (laughs) Wow. What an honor. And when I'm not doing those things, I'm happily stoned in my house. A lot of the times when I would like to do, like when I do have free time, I don't spend it reading. I spend it watching TV or like mindlessly scrolling through stuff and thinking about tattoos I want. That sounds so great. My only time to do whatever the fuck I want is like 2 a.m. We have way too much pressure around us to be productive and like. This goes back to fuck what we capitalism, about. man. Fuck capitalism, man. <laughs> fuck the man, man. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the man, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Capitalism sucks. And I think that just um, this whole pandemic has been very eye-opening for us as a collective of like how bullshit capitalism is Mm -hmm. and like how much fascism sucks it's put so much into perspective yeah there's been so much that has happened that has put so much into perspective just in the past like 12 months i well i guess it's been over a year now but the black lives matter movement was a huge one for me because Mm -hmm. i my none of my clients at work wanted to pause the ads that i was running and i was like fuck you yeah i'm like for what one day Mm -hmm. one day you know like when these big life shifts happen like covid like everything that happened with the black lives matter movement and continues to happen it puts so much shit into perspective and like it just i have how what i care about has shifted so so much yeah it really has same the cat like and so knowing that i'm kind of like becoming a victim of like this whole like you have to look busy all the time, which isn't why I'm doing Ugh. it, but it's also kind of a badge of honor being busy all the time. Subconsciously, I don't mean to do it. Like I don't enjoy the fact that I'm constantly busy and my mental health is slipping. <laughs> I don't like that, but it is kind of a badge of honor being like, I have all of this stuff going and on. And then people are like, how do you do it all? Yeah. Right. And you're like, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I cry myself to sleep. Every single night. I'm barely keeping it together. And so can you. My job used to be so important to me. Mm-hmm. So important to my sense of self and how I felt about myself. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. Now I just don't fucking care. Like, of course I want to do good. I want to do well at my job. And like, I can, I can be great at my job and still like not let it hold a lot of weight in my overall happiness mm-hmm. um, and not get involved in like office politics. Like a lot of that is very exhausting. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. My job had always been like a large part of just my sense of self-worth. Like the things that are most important to me in my life are just like the relationships I have with other people Yeah, and like valuing those mm-hmm. and Totally. That's at the end of the day. That's all you really have. Yeah. Right. Is 
how you how other how you are to other people like the effect that you have on other people is so huge yeah and just even like how you feel about yourself like those Mm -hmm. things are more important than being productive and being seen as like a valuable asset at work because that's just like a byproduct of capitalism Mm -hmm. and how we've been made to feel about work and then I don't know having to work from home I'm just like yeah I can just do my job and I, I don't know. That's I saw a tweet that was like, "What the, the pandemic has shown us anything? It's how we don't need to work eight hours. Like we, I am so productive in three hours of my day now. The only I don't thing have to I, pretend to be yeah. busy for the other five. The <laughs> only thing I miss about going into an office is being around people. Yeah, that I miss that a lot. Yeah, I miss ma- like being friends and making making friends at work and socializing with people and like leaving to go get coffee in the middle of the day or something. Mm-hmm. I miss that stuff, but. Um, it has also just kind of made me reevaluate of what is important to me. Yeah. I don't know. This sounds like so stupid, but like the things that are most important to me, like my relationship with Mr. Liz is so important and, um, like my friendships are so important that I just would rather focus my energy on that. I learned something and I also get a lot of happiness in like my house and yeah keeping it clean and decorating it right that's a hobby for me and that's that is a thing about getting older I learned something in my lifespan psychology class in college about how when you get older you're so much better at filtering out friendships that don't serve you because you realize how little time you have and like when I heard that I was like 20 and I was like what no ew what the fuck I'm like never gonna cut friends out and now like I don't talk to a lot of people that I talked to in college because Mm -hmm. they don't serve me how they used to and I'm realizing like as we as we are talking about now and as we get older different things are different are important to us as we get older and they hold more importance having like a clean house like you dedicate time to cleaning I never dedicated time to cleaning in college because I didn't give a fuck I cared more about like getting drunk and hanging out with my friends yeah same yeah and like now I'm like so hyper like I am so clean in my apartment because if that isn't clean I can't focus on anything else like yeah I only hang out with people that I want to give my time to now and like if oh I have God. like and like cooking good food for yourself yes taking care of your body like we sound like so like old but it's just I don't know not in a bad way it's like I have been loving getting older mm. we are I mean we all received the same message of like, you know, women expire at 30. But I I did see a TikTok where a woman was explaining like the guys who say that are like fat and balding by the time they're like 27. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, well, girls like d- fucking expire at 30 or they're like the guys who like don't um like they were like not able to be successful with women. Yeah, right. They That's are the thing. ones who are perpetuating that belief because it's, like, I don't know a single woman who hasn't like gotten better looking as we've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Literally all of my friends. Yeah. I'm like, Holy shit, how are we just getting hotter and hotter? But that's the thing. It's like these men that are like, oh, women expire at 30. Are the men that are intimidated by women that are independent and strong and smart and have life experience and know what they want. That's why they say that. Because like they don't get to control. I was so much more easily swayed by men in my early 20s than I am now. And that's terrifying to insecure men. We definitely should, um, in a future episode, break down 
our pick me phase. I would love that. Oh, Truly, if I you think have that... any pick me phase stories, please yeah. email us. Tell us about your pick me phase because I will say with shame and regret that I like had some pick me tendencies. Who, who didn't? I, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know if I would like call myself fully a pick me, but I definitely had some like. It's a spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the pick me spectrum and mm-hmm. it s- is sad. The pick me spectrum. That's what we're going to call the episode. The pick- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will call that episode the pick me spectrum. Uh-huh. So share your pick me stories with us, even if you're a guy. I don't know what the uh, male equivalent of being a pick me is. Mm, you know, I guess maybe virtue signaling to women, but then not like actually Falling like, through. yeah, not actually valuing their virtue signaling to women instead of like standing up for them to men. <laughs> Tell us about your pick me phase, how you felt like it was influenced, because I'm sure we could dive deep. And did it work for you? I want to know that, too. Yeah. Did your pick me work for you? I actually um like have read that like men don't like pick me's i think that they probably don't like the obvious pick me's but i've seen it work so many times so many but times. how long does it work you know i mean i feel like a lot of like conservative like you know christian women that are like doing the whole like yeah but are isn't are any of them happy and, no that's true wow deep i don't know <laughs> like just like are they you actually like happy because it, it seems not. like we, I don't know. You get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm going to try and meet all these boxes I'm supposed to check that are supposed to make me happy. And then you do that and you're like, how come I'm not happy? Mm-hmm. I still feel like shit. Mm-hmm. I thought after I did all of this, it'd be like when you beat the end of a video game. For the last few years, I felt pretty like neutral on the spectrum of if I want kids or not. And I've been meaning to talk more about this because for some reason I was feeling a little ashamed of how I, what my stance is. And Um, I've shared this with my partner and like my stance on having kids is like, I care more about having the right relationship with someone and having a lifelong partnership with, with the right person. Like I would rather foster that relationship with my soulmate than like base my decision-making on if we both want kids or not. You know, I've spent far too long of my life not being loved the way I feel like I deserved Mm -hmm. or like loving someone without feeling afraid you know um because like there's a huge part of fear that comes with being in love of like what if I lose this person and that's scary and it sucks but I just care so much more about having the right relationship for myself and like with the right partner than having kids and then I totally like understand loving someone so much you want to have a family with yeah, them totally. and I think that is so fucking beautiful yeah and I think that if I got to that point in the relationship with my partner and we both felt that way like I love you so much and like I want to add another person to this family because a family of two is still a family mm-hmm. so if we both decided like yes we want to do this we want to have a kid together then I'm open to that yeah you know right but either way I'm not like oh I need to have one or the other or I won't be happy yes you know yeah so I think it's just a lot of 
letting go. But I did have this moment today where I like have gone more towards like the maybe not spectrum because um, I saw like something about like, oh, how come my kid doesn't want to do their homework and something like that. And then I just was like, fuck, there are like so many parts to being a parent. Like, yeah, (laughs) you have to like bring them to school and pick them up from school. And then they have to go do an activity and like make sure they're doing their homework. And like, I don't remember shit about homework like I could never help with math and then I was just like god damn <laughs> you'd yeah. have to do that for so long and then like you never know what's gonna happen as they get older yeah but then at the same time it's like you could get to this point in your life where like like you're saying now like yeah where could, I'm like yes I do want to let's have fucking a, do it and yeah. like I am so excited to be at that point if I do get to that point of where I'm like Hell yeah. Like, I want to start a family with this. That is such, like you said, such a beautiful fucking thing to happen. I mean, when people were like, like when people in the past have asked me if I wanted kids, like I wasn't thinking about everything that it requires. Right. I was only thinking about myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I want to be a hot mom. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like, PTA mom. Hey, what goes into like being a good parent? And like, what are all the things you have to do? to be a good parent and then also be a good person to yourself. So it's like not even just being a good parent to another person. It's like being a good person to like taking care of yourself. I could yeah. barely do that. It is honestly, there's people, just some like, there's a lot of parts to it. There are people always say like being a stay at home parent is the hardest job. In the Absolutely. World. And oh that doesn't God. come from nowhere. No. Like there's like, oh, what the fuck? I can't fucking imagine. My friend came over today with her newborn, not newborn. I mean, she's what? Six months old now. <laughs> she feels like a new, every child before one is a newborn to me. And like, she's so good at being a parent and being attentive and like knowing like what her kid needs at any given point. And still, like, I was like, I forget. I don't eat most day. I haven't eaten since breakfast today. And I just oh, realized Amelia. right now. Oh, God. Because I don't. Champagne counts, right? This is a meal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, like, I can't imagine being so tuned in to, like, being a, a mom right now. Like, that is a terrifying thought. And I know when it happens, sure a lot if it's of ever it is instinctual, I was just about to say, like, if it were to happen, I'd, I'd click in and it still looks exhausting as fuck. Like, yeah. and then you have to have a job. Yeah. My mom had two kids, a full time job and was getting her master's. And I was like, how the fuck did you do that? That's I asked incredible. her that recently because she was 30 when she was doing this. She's like a superhero. Yeah. I was like, how did you do this? And she's like, I honestly don't know. Mm hmm. God, it's insane. In some ways, I feel like spoiled for being like basically 30 and not having to deal with any of the things that my parents were dealing with. But Mm -hmm. they chose that is the difference. That's the thing is like, yeah, Yeah, they they, wanted to do that and they did. They they chose their life path and like I'm choosing mine and Mm -hmm. it's very different. (laughs) It is very different. And I'm sure it's easier. (laughs) Yeah, in a lot of ways, I'm certain it is. And like, but at the same time, like, it was kind of, I'm talking about like the 90s, like it was like fucking like the 40s. But like, time (laughs) has changed, like it's changed a lot. Mm -hmm. Like how people think about starting a family, even weddings, the idea of weddings has changed so much over the years. I said recently, I was having a conversation with someone, I think I've probably said this on the podcast too. Like, it'll be interesting to see how weddings are handled with our our generation's kids. Oh, yeah. Because I think at least in the, pacific northwest like a lot of people have the same idea of like 
do we really need to have a wedding? Like, I think I'm just having this wedding because my parents want me to have a wedding. That yeah. is what I hear from a lot of people. Like, can I just have like a ceremony and like live stream it? Like, <laughs> right? Can I just like go, like right go to the courthouse and like throw some confetti on our way out? Like, it, I'm down to do that. But a lot of people that I know have these huge extravagant weddings because their parents pay for it and they want to see their kids. They want to see their daughter in this big white dress walking down an aisle. But it'll be interesting to see if that gets <sighs> faded out in our when we have kids mm-hmm. and our kids get married. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Or if thing like to think they'll about. even believe in marriage. <laughs> that's, it's a, a that's a whole that other thing. Patriarchy, but and taxes. I'm gonna find a sex fact. We've really gone off on so many tangents today. <laughs> sex fact of the week. Sex, sex fact, fact of the week. week. Sex fact of the week. week. My friend told me that we should brand this as fun fucks instead of fun facts. <laughs> and i, like I liked that. that a lot he, I, that was the cutest boop i've ever watched happen ever grandpa just booped liz he and i me oh my god he's he, like you, you sound like a lawnmower he purrs like a mac truck <laughs> but i love him so much okay health.com is the source for this a strong sense of smell makes you more orgasmic hmm <clears throat> a small study <laughs> well probably said small study Published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior. I'm going to go through all of those archives. That sounds interesting as fuck. A small study published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior found that people with more perceptive noses also had better sexual experiences. Hmm. Women who had strong sensitivity to odors also reported enjoying more orgasms than women whose noses weren't as sharp. The researchers found that sense of smell wasn't necessarily linked to sexual desire performance in the bedroom, but there was a positive correlation between a heightened sense of smell and having more pleasurable sex as well as more frequent orgasms. This suggests that body odors like vaginal fluids and sweat can enhance sexual experience. Hmm. That's fascinating. We are animals at the end of the day. And I have, I'm very sensitive to smell. I am too. Do you feel like you potentially have more like enjoyable orgasms or more orgasms than the average, the average bear, the average nose, the average uh, sniffer. I have pretty great orgasms. So like, I mean, if I were using just me as like the, like shut, I don't know the evidence of that. I would say, yeah, I have a really sensitive nose. Like I like smells make me nauseous really Mm -hmm. easily. So yeah, I mean that holds up for me. Yeah. Um, this might be a weird question. I'm just thinking about like, cause there's like different kinds of orgasms for different people. And obviously you only experience your own, mm-hmm. but so like, what is it like? Like, is it like long, do you have like a long mm-hmm. orgasm or is it like a, like a mountain? It's a mountain. My orgasms take a really long time to build. It's like a roller coaster. I'm like, and like, sometimes it takes like, but then, and then you're like, I, my orgasms, like, I, like, fold in half. Like, I, like, levitate off the bed. Like, my, they're so intense. They're not very long. They're, like, 15 seconds, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they are intense. What about you? I relate to that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels more like a volcano, like. Yes. Like, yeah. explosion. Yes. Um, But I would say there is, like, a like a few seconds, maybe, I don't know, maybe a few minutes before where it's just like very intense, like pre orgasm. Mm -hmm. And that's like just as much fun. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I love the buildup. And then the climax hits and you're like, 
yeah 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 <laughs> going down the roller coaster yes <laughs> um but yeah I think that's because I like that's the only kind I've experienced mm-hmm. so I wonder what other people's orgasms feel like because we were reading what last week that some can last like two minutes yeah, that's fucking wild to think about it's a long time it's a super long time and I don't know. Nikki Glaser said last night something. I don't remember the exact number. And this is a huge range. It's either three times or 30 times. But uh, the re- regardless, women have more do- dopamine than men do after an orgasm. Oh. Scientifically, I need to find the number. Yeah. But she mentioned that. And I'm like, I get, I get that. Because I, after I come, like the dude is always like, you know, and I'm like, that's fucking, I feel like I could run a fucking marathon right now. Like I'm always in such a good mood after and they're always like, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to usually go, go to sleep. I could do both, oh, but I, I prefer to just orgasm. like not do anything. Oh my God. I want to do everything. That's kind of new though. Like after the, like recently, I'd say like in the past year, like after an orgasm, I'm like, but I see it's hard cause I don't. I'm also a night person. Like, who knows? Mm. If I had sex in the morning, I might want to just want to go back to sleep. But after I have sex at night, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to fucking be productive and take on the day. I'm just like feeling so good. So, but that's new. Who mm. knows? Maybe that's mm. a symptom of the Prozac. Maybe. This episode is sponsored by Prozac. Oh. They're like, Camera's that's enough. Yeah. No, no more sponsorships. All right. Well, that's probably a good moment for us to wrap anyway. Yeah. Good ending point. Sorry, Patreon watchers. You get um, our logo for the next 30 the last, seconds. Yeah. The last 30 <laughs> seconds. But we love you. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at the Holy Hour, Holy Hour podcast at gmail.com for all your stories. Tell us about your pick me stories. I would say you can like try and DM us as much as you want. But Instagram also deletes DMs after a while. <laughs> I figured out a way to make that stop. Ooh, ooh, out. okay. I know. It, yeah. I need to turn it into a business account. Anyway, that doesn't concern y'all. Email us. Yeah. For e- sure. Email email is preferred. Yes. Um, because it's more organized for us. <laughs> we have a box that we yeah, put all we your have emails a, into. Yeah. We have a special filing system for listener emails. Mm-hmm. But I, because we feel so terrible when we're like, yeah, DM us. And then we like. Don't respond. Yeah, and then we're like scrolling because sometimes it's just like a reaction to something mm-hmm. versus like an actual story, and you're like, ah, there's so much. Yeah, yeah. There's also we got a lot of vibrator recommendations. We'll go yes, through that. Thank probably you. Probably next thank week. You. Keep rolling them in. We we did get a ton of vibrator recommendations, but we want more. Um, and they don't even have to be vibrators. Send us any sex toy that you like and what you yes, like about it, please. Sell us your sex toy. Sell, yeah, sell us your sex. Toy. <laughs> oh my god, look at this oh. man! All right, well, we love you. We love you, our, our children. children. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com